Welcome to the Eater Upsell, part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is Amanda Clute, Editor-in-Chief of Eater. I am joined yeah, you are. I'm... <laughs> by Daniel Janine, who's the actual runner of this show. Oh, stop. Come on. Oh, stop. Uh, I still have a few more weeks of leave left, but I had to come in. For food stories. For food stories and because it's Daniel's birthday. Oh my God. Yeah. Shoot. I didn't know if you're going to cop to that. I mean, sure come is. on. How are you feeling? How am I feeling? Uh, 29. I'm turning. Well, I'm not going to tell anyone. You just said 29. Oh, you're going to cut it out. No, I guess not. I'll leave it in. 29 is kind of a tough one, right? Well, yeah, I have no idea. What am I? You know? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I just woke up this morning. I was like, what am I? What am I? So I haven't, uh, I am sure you know, because you've been sitting at home uh, eagerly anticipating Eater Upsell content. I have been, uh, I've probably, I've been at about a once every two weeks clip at this Uh, point, Yep. yep. uh, Mm -hmm. which is not great, but But you know, you're doing it, keeping it alive. Uh, I had the biggest pod fuck up I've ever had in my life yesterday. Okay, what happened? So I had this amazing man, Professor Paul Friedman. He is a professor of medieval history at Yale. He wrote a book called The Ten Most Influential Restaurants Mm -hmm. in American History, Mm -hmm. which everyone should read, and you will hear this thing eventually. But he came in. I had to build this podcast studio out of another studio because this one was being occupied, ours being occupied. And we had this wonderful conversation for an hour 20. I was no. going to cut it into 40 minutes. It Did was you great. lose it? Yeah, the recorder wasn't going. <gasps> and this amazing man, I I knew. No. Yeah, I didn't. I don't. I don't know. Like, it was the blizzard. Mm. And I saw him. He's, you know, journeyed Oof. through the. But I'm going to go up to Yale and sit in his office and, and do, do it, it again. again. Okay. If he'll have me. And he wants me to come speak. At his class. It's like every, really? Yeah. About what? This is the second <laughs> time someone's been super – well, he teaches a food studies class, all right? I told <laughs> – you're just laughing so much. Ridiculous. I told – we have a freelance edit, uh, video editor in today, and I was uh-huh. like, yeah, he wants me to come speak at his class. And the guy's like, about what? <laughs> and I was like, just like a food, I am a food media professional. He teaches a food studies class, right? And yeah. A food studies class. And, and the guy – and the, our freelancer, Jay, was like, oh. And I was like, and he teaches a media studies class. And he goes – Oh, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> like in this tiny intersection of food and media, sure. I get why he would want to have you to Yale. And yeah, that's that's cool. Uh, <laughs> is it cool? <laughs> yeah, I think it's great. You well, should I'm, you should speak to the class. I know you have a lot. You have a lot to share. Uh, also, I feel about like about the intersection that, of food and media. Great. I, I like that he you had this fuck up. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you should talk to my class. He doesn't know yet. Oh, As of right know. now, I have to call him. I didn't really fully realize oh, until after. Mm. I well, I'll obviously call him before this comes out. I need to call him <laughs> today. It's a good thing you're recording this because now you have to do it. This has happened to many a journalist. Yeah, many a journalist finer than us have gone through this. So yeah, it's okay. You'll get over it. But it's also every journalist's worst nightmare. It was the worst. I uh, my heart sank yeah. when I you know. I wasn't sure at first because the red button on the thing wasn't on, but I th- I thought I had stopped it. Yeah. No. No. What a disaster. Anyway, we're doing food stories. Let's jump uh, right food into stories. it. If you enjoy this content, please uh, hit a sub- hit the subscribe button on your app uh, and give us some stars. Yeah. And, uh, and if you have any comments or questions or ideas, mm-hmm. hit us up at upsell at eater.com. Please do. And here is food stories. Prince Philip... Finally, sniffs success in his 12-year campaign 
12-year quest to grow black truffles in England. In England at his at his estate. Mm-hmm. There's a couple things that I think are great about this thing. Okay. Most importantly, uh, his every article I read about this, his staff for the 11 years that this wasn't working all thought this was a big joke. That like every year the dogs would go out. Because he's like 97. Yeah, he's and 97. Like, oh, crazy old prince. Every year the dogs would go out sniffing for truffles Aww. and come back uh, empty, empty like, handed, right, empty pod. Next year. Phil, you really want to do this again? He's like, yes, we're doing it again. All the articles mention that he bought 300 seedlings at the cost of 15 euros each. Okay. So they were all like, how, you know, the royal, anytime the royal family spends on anything, I guess they get, they get. Oh, they're like, what, the taxpayers are yeah, paying right. for your stupid treffle quest? Yeah. So this is money, right? $4,500. Yeah. Compared 4, to 4,500 euros. Like a tank. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Or like a safety vest. They, they were all say, they were saying that, um, that they don't they don't permit the use the the purchasing of truffles uh, in the in the kitchens at this estate. Mm. That uh, they only use truffle oils there. Ooh. Everyone loves truffle, but they only use truffle oil, especially Prince Philip. Mm-hmm. And then every year they get truffle. Herod sends them a Christmas box, <laughs> and it has some truffles in it. And they all just they they shave them like crazy over everything. <laughs> I'm surprised more people don't just gift Prince Philip truffles if they know that he loves at truffles this so point. much. Yeah. Maybe that's not being reported. I mean, listen, if I'm Prince Philip and people are sending me truffles, I'm not going to go to the media and tell them right, that right, I'm getting yeah, lots of truffles. Right. He's getting lots of truffles. He's getting lots. Of he's, he's getting lots of truffles. Of you know, he's right. The estate claimed that they were going to sell the truffles to help uh, help with the costs of the estate, but some guy named uh, <laughs> Mr. Cole said, "From what I gather, none have been sold. They have gone to the house or members of the family." <laughs> <laughs> They're in Prince Philip spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, I guess he grew the best variety of French truffles, like as as he should of French. Well, but it's not an easy thing to do. French, Italian of sorry of Italian truffles, like the the, yeah. the premier black yeah, truffle, yeah. Uh, black gold mm-hmm. as they call them. So good for him. It shows you that even at a late age, if you put your mind to something and you have the resources of the Italian of the Italian government. Uh, Maybe he should spend more time doing that, less time driving his car. (laughs) A man who got trapped inside a Burger King bathroom is suing Burger King over uh, a free food for life apology deal. Mm -hmm. He was (laughs) so uh, Curtis Bruner used the restroom at his local Burger King, was trapped inside the bathroom. One hour. He couldn't get out. Um, He was (laughs) he was passed by uh, employees, a fly swatter, and they were teaching him how to like rig it. And then. uh, he says he, he claims he cut his hand on the device in the process. And to make matters worse, he claims that the staff were laughing they were outside of him. him. Yeah, they shouldn't, they shouldn't have done that. Once he got out, uh, the manager at this Burger King offered him a free food for life deal. Mm-hmm. And they said they were giving it to him. You know, over a month, and then they've started to uh, they've started they've started. To they reneged on it, right? Or they took it I back. I think the world the word was curtailed. They curtailed it. Yeah, he was using it too much. <laughs> he was using it too well, much. It's like you said for life. I'm on. I mean, in the deal, I'm on his team. And so wait, so they started curtailing it, and so he's suing them. Yeah, he's suing But it's suing not for them. like a million dollars. It's not one of those crazy lawsuits. It's for like $7,000, Yeah, $9,000, right? which is how much he calculated yeah. uh, would be one Whopper a week until he's 72. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I when I read this headline, I thought, oh, God, what, what you dumb. You thought, oh, God, I never want to talk about this story. <laughs> yeah, that's like what I thought. 
And I thought, what a dumb guy <laughs> with some dumb lawsuit. But then I was like, okay, $9,000. They promise you free whatever for life. Why don't you just give them $9,000 for being stuck in the bathroom? I don't know. I don't know what you're owed when you are yeah. stuck in a bathroom. What we really don't know here is we don't know how much legal authority the manager had to offer him this deal. Right? This isn't, I he's not coming have, down from I bet Burger you have King a lot corporate. of leeway. Okay. To do things like that. I'm sure there's some leeway where it's like, if things are going bad, <laughs> you can offer. You think they've got like a red button in the back? that you can offer. Break this case. Yeah. In, in, break this in case of emergency. Yeah. He's got like some vouchers. I just love, okay, here's what I love about this. I love the moment when they start curtailing it. When they're yeah, like, too oh, much, oh dude. Bruner's back. Yeah. Uh, like, are we going to give him the whole combo? I wonder combo? how much he was actually eating. Yeah, I mean, I've got to assume by his lawsuit that he was getting a Whopper a week. That's what you assume by the lawsuit, but maybe he was. Maybe they curtailed it because it was more than that. Yeah, I'm sure he's pissed at those employees for laughing at him. And he's like, "Fine, I'm gonna come here every day and order a Whopper and throw it in the garbage." Wow. See, some people have uh, this. Is this? Some people uh, are too interested in vengeance, or you know, I. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> like maybe this guy. <laughs> this guy was pissy because they were laughing at him, and he's yeah. like, "I'm gonna squeeze this Burger King." I think Curtis Bruner should move on, and he would. Uh, I, I I'm, I'm all sure for him will. claiming yeah. his nine thousand dollars, but I think if he's going to uh, jur- to journalists or whoever is writing mm-hmm. this and saying they were laughing at me, like I, I, I think he he's probably a little bit in t- too invested in in making. I don't know in in correcting some wrong or something. Right. And he's like, I've been wronged. Right. Also. It's hilarious that they had a fly swatter just flying. Like that's not the 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 tool I would want publicized as my. Uh, well, my it's because they've probably been stuck in the bathroom before, and that's how they got out. <laughs> oh yeah, this is how we do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. don't worry. Okay, so it's cool. It's cool. Right. Take the fly swatter. <laughs> yeah, you want to do it about forty five <laughs> degrees. My apartment in New York, uh-huh. uh, you can open it with a credit card. You can open oh. my door with a credit card. You have to know how to do it. But I've been on the phone with my brother who uh, is- And taught him how to break into your apartment? According to my mom, he's not as dexterous as I am, but I think that that was a is self-fulfilling a prophecy. Yeah, we front? have a desk. We okay. have a desk, yeah. But uh, I've had to so be on the phone. So your neighbors could do it. You, my could, neighbor- you could break into your neighbor's places. Yeah, unless they're double locking, but I'm, I don't double lock. Okay, uh, good to know. Yeah, good to know. Uh, I also think you, uh, with your savvy, you could get by the the front desk. No, yeah. it's not on super lockdown. It's not on super lockdown. You just have to believe in yourself. Yeah. <laughs> just be like, no, 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 I'm, I'm right. Dan's cousin. Well, sure. I mean, you don't even have to know me. But it's just like we have a pool and a lot of people use a uh, pool. It's a whole uh, – I'm sorry. I'm learning so much. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> anyway, the point is, is I've had to uh, – uh, I've had to teach my brother how to jerry rig. Believe a pool. <laughs> like, <laughs> is it an outdoor pool? It's on the roof. Yeah. Oh my god. I've never used it. What? Yeah, you have to pay for it every time. It's forty fucking dollars. Uh, I was going to ask you why you haven't invited every us time. all over. Well, and I don't even mind. Like it's it's a nice pool. If it was somewhere else, I wouldn't mind paying the forty. But I just feel so I feel so gouged by my landlord sometimes. I just <laughs> I feel like a resident shouldn't have to pay. Exactly. They offer Maybe us some sweet guests. deal of four hundred dollars for the whole summer, like a whole I summer package. See. Even our dinky little gym, which is in a, which is the size of a small apartment, yeah, is like six hundred. The for gym the year. should be free. The gym should be free, especially when it's a treadmill. 
Yeah. You know? Okay. Point is, is I have been your... on the phone and had to teach my brother how to open my door. Yeah. And I assume it is a similar, you could have a similar the guy difficulty. I don't the... think so. It was hard to get him. It was hard to, sh- I know how to do it very easily. And it was not easy to explain to him without being able to show well, him. Well, especially if he cuts himself with the fly swatter. He's <laughs> 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 sitting there bleeding all over the place. Oh, boy. Did you watch the Fire Fest documentaries? I watched the Netflix one. Okay, same. Even though. I've heard from everyone that the Hulu one is better, and I'm. I wish. Well, this I, is this is about the Netflix one anyway. Let's go. Okay, remember the lady who runs the restaurant? Oh yeah. Okay, so for anyone who uh, I don't want to have to explain what Firefest is. Do you want me to try? Yeah. Okay, real quick. Firefest was this absolute joke of a festival. Uh, it played on a lot of Instagram influencers. It was like five thousand dollars a person on this remote island, so-called remote island, mm-hmm. and it was all run by this. Basically a scam artist. Yeah, it's kind of like a fake it till you make it. Yeah. And then all these people showed up and but he, there was no festival. The, the, the gig went on too long. Yeah. At some point it should have been canceled because nothing was ready for all these people to show up. Mm-hmm. But they never canceled it. They no, and so all these people showed up and it was like hellish conditions. They were sleeping on these wet mattresses and yeah. these shanty tents on a beach with As like no – yeah. No supplies. Supposedly they were all like robbing each other's tents and yeah, stuff Yeah, it was too. like total mayhem. As we've said when before. When the lights went out. The veil of humanity is thin So indeed. thin. So thin. <laughs> so there's a woman who runs this restaurant on the island that was catering to all these people. And she was screwed out of like $50,000 of her own savings, basically. Yeah. Uh, and it was very sad. Because she had to pay all her staff. And in the part, there's, oh, so yeah, Netflix had a documentary about the whole thing. Really good. I I enjoyed it so much, so much. I I I wish I had Hulu so I could watch the other one. Maybe maybe I'll re-sign up for it. Yeah. I'll just borrow your password. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's really sad. It's sad for, you're sad for her, you're sad for the day laborers, especially. Of course. And there's the douchiest rich guy who sues the culprit behind this and gets like, I don't know, a million dollars. Did he get money? I think he got money. Oh my God. Anyway. He's like blah 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 the third, and <laughs> he was, he was an attendee. But there are these day laborers who are just working around the clock for weeks that just did not get paid. Yeah. Anyway, this woman who owned the restaurant didn't get paid, and after the documentary came out, someone started to go fund me for her, and they raised three times the money, like over one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. Isn't that sweet? It's so cool. I don't have any commentary on. I just like sharing that story. I feel like it's a nice feel good thing. GoFundMe's are never really that happy now, though. GoFundMe is. What do you mean? GoFundMe is for people who it's are always have for something tragic. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of a nice one. Um, yeah. It's uh, when I was watching that, I did think somebody's gonna write this woman a check. Someone's Somebody gonna. like Netflix reaches so many people. Somebody is like, poor lady. Yeah. Here's some money. I love that it's a crowdfunding thing, so everybody can throw in ten bucks. It's great. I mean, I'm super happy she uh, scored all the cash back. It's funny the moment, the only good moment that people have on this whole vacation thing is when they're at her restaurant. Yeah, because they get wheeled off these planes and they bring her to this. They bring the whole uh, first wave of, of of attendees to her restaurant, and because uh, they don't have anywhere to because they don't have anywhere to put them, and they're they're like just get them wasted. Yeah, they're just like doing so shots. Pouring vodka into each other's mouths. And the funniest, I mean, not funny, the saddest part of it is that this woman is paying for all that all that vodka. Yeah. Like, imagine you work your whole life to build a lovely establishment on an island and you get stripped of all your life savings because some super bros come and are funneling your vodka. Right, and it was all a scam. Especially when you think, like, 
I don't know how I feel about this, but I'm I'm going to get a good payday today. Like right. uh, this one day of treachery is going to pay for you know years of this restaurant staying well, open. Well, she's she's not going to deny people like no, just because they're douchey. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's treachery for her. <laughs> you don't <laughs> one, think she's one day of treachery. Looking out, <laughs> you don't think she was looking out at her bar, being like, "This isn't. This wasn't my original vision." <laughs> no, she was on this island resort. I'm sure yeah. she was excited. I mean, she was saying she thought this was the first year of many, and so she wanted to do right by these people. But then <laughs> it was just a scam. Yeah, Firefest 2019. What a good documentary. All right, next up. Next up. Uh, the world's 50 best. Our favorite subject, or our least favorite subject, is uh, attempting to shake up their their list. Mm-hmm. So the world's 50 best, um, in a sentence, is a, an arbitrary list of the so-called 50 best restaurants in the world put together by a bunch of uh, rich gallivanters who mm-hmm. support generally only the restaurants that they've been to and really like. Yeah, and oftentimes we'll accept junkets and free meals and yeah. et cetera to be able to vote. Mm-hmm. So I feel like by media institutions, they are constantly criticized. We've criticized them a lot. We debate whether or not to even cover them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I shocked. I don't know if we should talk about them right now on this yeah. podcast for the story, but continue. Well, I think they're going down. Oh, yeah? I was shocked that this year they didn't change anything up. And you uh-huh. were not surprised because you just think that everything that is bad continues to be bad. Yes. I thought that they were going to uh, at least attempt at some ridiculous diversity categories or something. They mm-hmm. did nothing except continue their Best Female Chef Award, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is, I know, one of one of our favorites, yeah. one of your favorites. So earlier, this uh, I think a couple months ago, they announced that they were going to have a 50-50 gender balance on their voting academy mm-hmm. and that they were going to encourage their voters to explore a diverse mix of restaurants. Mm-hmm. Telling your voters to explore a diverse mix of restaurants, uh, not a heavy lift. But no, but like— Splitting 50-50, like their list— You should do that. This, yeah. Uh, but who knows? Like, you, you know, if I'm one of those guys, they'll be like, explore a diverse mix of restaurants, and I'll be like, oh, okay, I'll go to the number 10 in Brazil this year. I haven't been there yet or right. whatever. But uh, I feel like having a 50-50 gender balance on their voting academy is is probably a, a, a decently difficult thing to achieve. It probably is the diversity of the voting panel, but to your other point— the biggest problem is that these people keep voting for the same kinds of restaurants. Right. So encouraging them to have a broader view of what the quote-unquote best is actually I think could be really helpful. It's just they have to do it. Anyway, so these things all seemed like actual positive steps in the right uh-huh. direction. I think a couple days ago, as of 2019, they announced that no restaurant that has earned the title of best restaurant, the number one, uh, will be eligible for voting. Furthermore, all of those restaurants— For voting? will be eligible for the 50 best. Okay. Furthermore, all of those restaurants... So you're are, off the list? ...are now going to be in a separate list called Best of the Best. And I think what? this is going <laughs> to ruin the list because I know how much 11 Madison, I know how much these restaurants care about being the number one, mm-hmm. and I don't think they're going to give a shit about being on this Best of the Best list. Like, no, nobody wants to check of off this. No one wants to say, I've been to all the Best of the Best. People want to say, I've been to the 50 best. I, I would not be surprised if they if they if they retracted on this on this move. Really? I think it's a disaster. I think uh, I you know I don't like the list, but so I wait, re- respect the gamification. I, if I, you've been number one, Eleven Madison will no longer be on the fifty best. You can't be on the fifty best list. Yeah. So how many places have been number one? Noma, um, Eleven Madison. What's the 
Massimo Batura plays, mm-hmm. um, Austria Francescana. Austria Francescana, yeah. So all those places, El Cellar de Con Roca. They I mean, no... French Laundry was at one point, right? Oh, there's a there's a, some sort of time limit. Right. So I don't know what I don't know. I don't know if if this is going to start now or if no past winner will be eligible for the 50 best. Huh. But either way, um, I think this destroys the gamification of it. And I think it's going to topple the whole thing. I think it's always been a bullshit list. So this just makes it it yeah. continues to be bullshit just in a different way. And no one will care. That's what I'm saying. Like I think a new crop of restaurants will care, and people will go to a new yeah. bullshit set of restaurants. No, I yeah, right. I think it's bullshit, mm-hmm. um, but I can fully, I fully understand why people would want to win, and why it is such a well. Uh, I don't know why I want to say respected, but why mm-hmm. people obsess over the list. Yeah, and I think this is going to destroy that. Well. Does the average, like, who is the audience for the list? Maybe the average rich diner doesn't care or won't follow this or doesn't doesn't care the 11 Madison Parks and the best of the best list. So I'm just some I rich person. I think the fact that all the chefs are involved in the game yeah. makes the list a bigger deal. I think if, if, but to the, if average the 11 Madison Park fancy people. Fancy diner, do they know or care about the machinations behind the scenes? No, but they're going to know that 11 Madison Park is not on the 50 best. Maybe they won't care. But I don't think that. Like Daniel and Will at Eleven Madison no longer have anything to strive for fifty best wise. Yeah, but there are so many other restaurants that do have stuff to strive for. But I think all those restaurants. I, I think there's probably a hundred. Let's say there's a hundred restaurants mm-hmm. that are potential fifty best restaurants. Uh huh. Let's those, say there's five hundred. Sure. Okay. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But those like super f- uh, formal, you know, have expensive wine lists, tasting menu restaurants. Mm-hmm. Slowly, they will all be siphoned off the list, and they won't be competing. Over like a gazillion years, though. I'm just saying they won't be. Con- a lot of the important, trendy chefs who we see at all those parties, mm-hmm. who make those parties like cool, I'm cool, but who make those parties like the, boring the and repetitive it, and the same shit over and over and over again. Thing Daniel, in the trend in 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 fancy di- in fancy fine dining, yeah, for those nights. But maybe the point is for it to evolve. So I think it might evolve. I think it might. This is it's going to make it better. Maybe you convinced me that this is actually going to be a better list. I think it's yeah. going to be a better list. So why do you think it's going to ruin the whole thing? I think it's going to not be as popular. Mm, disagree. All right. We'll see. We'll see. I think Because it, from a content point of view, like if you're the editor of this thing, yeah. you're publishing the same list every year and it's the same three people training places at the top. It's so goddamn boring. So for your fans or followers or for the mm-hmm. people who are checking everything off the list, it's like, okay, I've been to all these places. Like, And for the critics who are saying, you're just perpetuating this idea of what fine dining is and what restaurants are, it's like, they're so tired of seeing Daniel Holmes' face. Like, <laughs> get him to some other list. Yeah. And then give a chance to everybody else. See, I, dis- I disagree that from the perspective of the people who like this list, they're bored of Daniel Holmes' face. Really? I think they're all being like, who's going to do it this year? Is it going to be another Massimo year? Is it going to be an 11 Madison like year? The, the dumbest thing to care about. Like, who's saying that? Is it going to be a Massimo year or a Daniel Hume year? People like uh, f- culinary tourists, the people who uh, nah. put up Instagrams and have another like great meal from Three Star This and their entire well, those Instagram. Those culinary tourists will see the new list and they'll be like, oh, I haven't been to this one. Great. I think those people will be less interested now in 11 Madison. Sure. But what does the 50 best care? 
I don't. Uh, but it sucks I, for Love Madison. It doesn't suck for Fifty Best. This is a tough point to argue. Okay, <laughs> I think it sucks for Fifty Best if Fifty Best wants to maintain their status as a big deal in this community that we don't fully support. Yeah, yeah I think we agree to disagree. I, I think we agree. I see what you're saying. I think that I Eleven just, Madison not being involved with it mm-hmm. and 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 other restaurants like that yeah. are slowly going to take away from the luster of the list in that very wealthy dining community that we are not, nah. that we're not part of. I think there's plenty, plenty more. All right. We'll see. We'll see. We'll check there's in on so it. There's so many restaurants out there that can rise to that level now. There aren't that many celebrity chefs, though. and There aren't that many, like, mega celebrities like the 11 Madison team. How did they become mega celebrities? Because they get on all these lists and because the media covers them in this way. Right. You see, it's all connected. Okay, I hope you're— You're going to see these new mega celebrities. If you're behind the list, you're looking 10 years from now, and you're saying, shit, if we don't do something, this is going to die out because this is boring as hell. And so no they're one going wants to, to promote— No one wants yeah. to read about these people anymore. Like, how many interviews can we do with Massimo Batura? Let's get him off this goddamn thing sure. and get some new, hot, young person to the top of this list. How are we going to do that? Kick all these old guys out. You know, like— I think get, you're right. I'm changing, of, I'm changing my tune. <laughs> Great. Yeah, you're right. Because the younger Massimo, the younger 11 Madison Park team might be just as engaging and just as good at kissing uh, kissing Judge ass and yeah, being a of part course. of the scene. Of course. Let some new people try to game the system. And I think the, there's a criticism of, is it really 50 best if you're taking out these quote unquote best restaurants? No, but best it was never 50 now. best anyway. Right. You know, it was all, it's always a scam. So oh. who cares? In terms of actual grading of these restaurants, that, yeah. that's not even part of this discussion. Yeah. I, I, it's all politics. Anyway. I would love to do that in general. Just be like, uh, we have a quota for how many stories we're going to write about XYZ restaurants and now you're permanently retired. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, oops, yeah. we hit our Danny Meyer limit. No more Danny Meyer stories. No more Will Gadara stories. Yeah, it is interesting because, well, it's, exa- it's exactly what I'm saying. Like those, we don't do that because those stories People get care. read, yeah. right? So that's like we should say, okay, we're not going to do those anymore. We're going to build up some other some other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I hope you're right. I, I I'm I. Who cares? I'm ninety percent right, agree with or if you. You're right. No, no, no. But I would like for well, if what you're saying is true, this isn't actually going to make the list better. It's just going to uh, create more food celebrities in the same vein of the $400 tasting menu. But if they're doing this and they're telling their judges to be more uh, open-minded about what constitutes great, yeah. I think, it, you know, you're baby steps. I know, but getting a note next to your box of chocolates in the Ritz-Carlton saying, remember to explore a diverse group of restaurants, I think means nothing. Like, that part of this is nothing to me. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. Daniel, one big story from January was when Trump catered a lunch or dinner, <laughs> a dinner for uh, the, the Clemson football team. Oh, yeah. Uh, with fast food. Yeah. It was all over Twitter. Everybody mm-hmm. had a take. What do you think? I don't know. I feel like the take that I saw that I liked the most, I mean, not liked the most. I don't give a shit. <laughs> there was a whole lot of shit. It was like, because people were mad that he catered with fast food, especially when he was using it to cover up for the fact that the government was shut down. Right, right, right. Uh, people were like, you know, he's an asshole, but... Uh, but catering with fast food is a good move. I'm ag- I agree with that. I think like if I went to a party and there were Shake Shack burgers or Popeyes or whatever, mm-hmm. like totally down with that. I think that's great. I don't think anyone. What if it was just cold Wendy's though? Yeah, it's all about the caliber of the fast food. Yeah, it has to be. I mean, they something... had heat lamps, but how good could that fast food be? 
Oh, and he called them hamburgers. And he called them hamburgers. That was just a typo, though. <laughs> well. When people, if someone brings a Crave case to a party, that's yeah. fun, right? It's fun. It's fun. I think, uh, I think. It if has you're Clemson visiting the White House, maybe less fun to have like room temperature Yeah, you fries. want, I didn't <laughs> think about this point, but you want. Like they traveled for this. Especially because I'm sure not all of them are big Trump fans. And. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, maybe for them, then it's like good because, like, of course he's feeding us fast food. What a <laughs> terrible person! <laughs> if they're going to the White House, they probably want the White House experience, and they'll be like, "I can get this fucking shit yeah. like, next door." Yeah, I think that was probably disappointing for them. So yeah, really disappointing. Um, I like I like I the just point love that, that he, I love that he he makes it a, he makes he's so he's the spin master. Yeah, that as a political move, it's smart because it is American food and right. it represents. And he's standing. It's behind so relatable and accessible. As and his arms open up. Blah blah blah. Big picture of him I just, with all I just the food. think it's um, it was fun for Twitter. Yeah, good. I mean, a lot we of good, lot of good, this. lot of good tweets came out of it. Yeah, a lot of good time was wasted, and no political <laughs> movement was was done. Yes. The needle remained stagnant. Yes, a lot of people wasted time at work, except here when we uh, wrote about it for work. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's the spirit. Uh, here's something I thought you'd find interesting. I don't know if this is actually a news piece, but according to Lifehacker, a good tip for snagging a table at a busy restaurant that doesn't take reservations. Oh, I saw this. Yeah, is arrive ten minutes before the hour. So at like 7.50 instead of 8 to beat groups that are meeting up on the hour. Um, I think this is silly. Uh, you think it's silly? Yeah, I don't think this works at all, especially not in New York. I don't think people... I think no one's ever on time. No one's ever on time. Like if you're doing group dinner and it's like meet at 8, that means like someone, that one dude will be there at 7.45 and everyone else will be there at 8.15. Are you the one dude? No. Oh, you're I'm such always... an 8.15-er. <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, uh, my husband is the 745 guy and it's so difficult to live with that person. It's because great. You're though. always late. You're not late, though. You're an eight o'clocker. Yeah, I know. But then I'm late because he's the 745 guy. But He can put his name in like it's great to have sometimes it's great to have that person in the group who can put yeah. their name in. Yeah, I guess for restaurants is good for everything else is terrible. What um, what do you think about how do you get into restaurants that don't take reservations when you want to go on a Friday or something? Or do you just not do it? Okay, you're, let's see. How do you, hmm, if you want to go to prime time on a weekend, yeah. that's tough. Yeah. I usually lower my expectations for the type of restaurant I want to go to. <laughs> and the, I wait it out. The thing about this is it has to be the restaurant. If you want to go at prime time to a restaurant, it has to be your central focus of the night. That has to oh, be yeah. the show, you know? Yeah, you can't well, be pl- using it and planning around other things. No, no, no. Well, A, that, of course. But, I mean, I usually have, like, one thing going on. It's <laughs> the, the rest of the meal. So, I mean, the I think it's there's no secret trick. It's, like, go early, plan really far in advance, or get to know the people who run the place. If you can't do any of those things and you can't get in, yeah. you're either going to wait a long time or just open your mind as to other restaurants that are out there. Like, we always get so obsessed with the 10 restaurants Open that your are mind so to inferior restaurants. To inferior restaurants. Restaurants that were impossible to get into two years ago, and <laughs> now you can walk right in. Like, think about those places. They deserve a shot. Even if you don't want to be someone who hustles your way into restaurants, mm-hmm. it's still good to establish some kind of relationship with the people who run the place, even, even just so you can go up to them. If you can prove to people that you're genuinely curious what the wait is like and mm-hmm. you're not like <clears> – <throat> 
and you're not someone who's going to be who's going to say you said 30 minutes 30 minutes ago. Yeah, if you don't can be just, an asshole is rule number one. Don't be an can asshole. Can you give me your best like Dan walking up to the host and like so being a couple nice things guy? that you can offer all right you can say always say uh, if you think this is possible always say that you can that you'll be in and out in an hour like that mm-hmm. you'll and you'll order right when you sit down. Okay. And you like, listen, we are yeah. so fast. You don't understand. Yeah, yeah, we just really we've we've come from wherever. We just really want to try the food here. Mm-hmm. We're not going to loiter. We'll come we're going to order a bottle of wine when we sit down and dishes and we'll so be out. So you say that? I love this. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good move because like, listen, often we're going to be super fast. We're going to order a lot. We're going to order bottles. This is well, I would never I actually have never said a bottle of wine before. <laughs> I was just I was just saying we're not the, just going to Drink water. Yeah, I you promise. want to imply that you're not gonna. Yeah. you want to spend. You're gonna be a little spendy. Uh, the only point with that was that you want. You don't want to make it seem like you're gonna be a high maintenance table. Yeah, this is useful because sometimes if you have a, a place with tons of walk-ins and like a lineup, they might have an area which is reservations, mm-hmm. and there might if there's a cancellation, they might give it to you if they have like a brief window. Uh, but you just have to establish that both parties are going to be honest. You know, like right. a major thing that happens to me is I'll call a place and be like, hey, how long is your wait? And they say, we don't give that over the phone. Yeah, yeah, we can't even tell you. And they could give you an approximation, but they restaurants just deal constantly with people who say, I called and you said it was going to be a fucking hour. What the hell is this? You know, like they yeah, won't tell you because. I hate when they won't tell you. <laughs> I hate when they won't tell you. Yeah, but you understand. Like, do you know how many people call and and they get quoted a time? Like, and uh, it looks looking like an hour twenty right now. And then they come in and they put their name in, and then it's not an hour twenty, and then they lose their shit. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, being a host or a hostess is terrible. It's terrible. But at least if I'm calling, give me like. But tell I think, me, is it going to be like twenty minutes or is it going to be two hours? But like, I think, tell me something, something helpful, so I know should I come by yeah. or do I just. Right, right, right. But I think probably you probably imply something in the way you ask probably implies that you that you feel for them a little bit, you know, like, (laughs) even I think, hey, what's the wait? (laughs) I think even on the phone, you can prove that you uh, have a sense of what's going on. Like, listen, I know people drive you nuts. I'm just curious. Are we talking an hour or two hours? I don't know. Right, right. I mean, I should probably teach a master class in phone. I would like to take this class. Yeah, in phone conversation. In in phone, but also in person. Mm -hmm. Like, does this work, though? You get in a lot of places? So, I mean. Do you get upgraded when you fly? No, never. Okay, so now I don't trust you. I want a class from that person. So, but I've I have I'm terrible. I guess with now it's all the algorithm. I'm terrible with frequent flyer stuff. Like mm-hmm. I, I'll tell you what I I will get people to open the doors for me and stuff. I'm so good at being late. I've just learned my whole life how to navigate the world when you've shown when up 15 minutes late. Uh huh. When you're and apologizing it, and trying to be nice. And my dad always taught me like there are no real rules. <laughs> yeah, I probably drive people. All right, you should teach out of their mind. Maybe next podcast it'll be your master class in. I think this is probably this enough. is enough. <laughs> it's basically don't be an asshole, an asshole, and, and, and like, be self-deprecating, but ask for the and, thing you want. Yeah, ask. Be like, hey, can I, please? I yeah. will be fast. Yeah, and never don't feel like a victim. Like no one's out to screw you. Right. They're all just doing their jobs. Right. Thank you so much for listening to the show, Amanda. Thank you so much for coming in. Special thank you to Simone Clute. Your two and a half uh, month old baby daughter, who is our engineer for the day and is sitting in the control room and yeah. has not 
uh, well, who knows? Maybe she's going to cry. If she cries, she's been snoozing away. Then you'll hear it. And uh, she'll, that'll be her first uh, her first brushed with uh, with public life. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Starting them off early. Next is, uh, what, are you going to take her to some some advertising stuff or get her on some <laughs> baby food? Oh, ba- she would kill. If you walked in with her to a baby food uh, commercial audition. Ooh, should I do it? Yeah. I'm sh- Hey, by the way, I'm the editor in chief of Eater. Uh, this is my side child. hustle. So get it, get going. it, I mean, get it where, where you, much, wherever you can. How much longer do you have of leave? Three weeks? Four weeks? Three weeks. You could make All some right. coin in that All time. All right, I'm going to do it. And start her off a little Instagram feed. Why not? 